have been saying that God has something for you as an individual to do this year. And it is very easy to allow other things to distract us from what God wants us to do. So we are going to continue to talk about how to shine and fulfill your vision in 2017. Andrew, I wonder if you can help me with that book, please. So uh, just let me briefly recap on one or two things that we've already said um, so far, and I'm not going to go into it at all. Um, Isaiah 60 verse 1, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. This, I believe, is a prophetic verse for us as a church this year, for us to run under, uh, to shine, to rise up and to shine, regardless of whatever we have been facing or we are facing, or we're going to face, you can still rise up and shine. Amen. And we said if we want to shine and fulfill our vision this year, one, we must understand our mission. Understand your mission. In other words, why you're here. Number two, we said you must identify the vision of God for your life. That which God is calling you to focus on and to give yourself to this year. Three, we said you must narrow your emphasis in your pursuit of vision. In other words, you don't allow yourself to get so involved in so many things that you, di you are diluted in your efforts towards what God calls you to. Number four, we said make yourself available to serve the interests of your emphasis. Make yourself available. Again, that involves you narrowing down your activities and pursuing very intentionally the things that God has for you. How many of you this year, you want God to use you in terms of soul winning? How many of you? Wave if that's what you really want God to. It's interesting, but I never saw most of you yesterday when I did my, my school of evangelism. You see, you know, it's very easy to want something. And I know some of you, I, I know one man of God and his beloved, they really did everything they could to come, but the devil hindered them. But I believe God has blessed them in spite of that. Amen. But for the rest of you and um, whoever you are, I believe that God is going to bless you also. Amen. Quickly, let's move on. So, <laughs> number five, focus on specific goals. Focus on specific goals. Number six, be willing to invest financially to support your vision. And finally, we want to focus on this one today. Commit to daily prayer and personal consecration. If you want to fulfill God's vision for your life, say daily prayer and personal consecration. So I believe that this is probably, of all the things that I have shared today, um, so far, this is probably the most important if you want to fulfill God's assignment upon your life. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do, not, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? One of the most important habits you as a child of God must cultivate this year if you want to be serious about God's agenda for your life is the habit of daily prayer and consecration before God. 
learning to examine yourself before the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to search your heart on a daily basis concerning your motivations, your actions, and your goals, the things that you want to do. Without a committed lifestyle of daily prayer, believers become highly inconsistent in their faith. You become very inconsistent. Even if you are committed to daily prayer and personal consecration, you will find the Christian faith a challenge. It will be difficult. There will be times where you will fall flat on your face when you are committed to daily prayer and personal consecration. But if you are not, then I'm telling you, it will be a hell for you trying to live a holy life. In fact, it will be an impossibility for you. Prayer is such an important dynamic in the life of the man or the woman who is serious about walking with God. And I want to say this from the onset. I have always struggled in prayer. I have always struggled in prayer. Even now, I still struggle in prayer. I spend a lot of time in prayer, but I struggle praying. Most of the times when I come before the Lord, I find it a challenge. Uh, so don't think that you ever come to a place where it becomes easy. Uh, you know, I hear at times people say, you know, these days my prayer life is really good. Say, enjoy it whilst it lasts because, my brother, you are going to go through some tests. And then at times you'll hear others say, I don't know what's happening, you know, but now I can't seem to pray. <laughs> Welcome and join the club. Prayer, prayer is not straightforward. I've written a book on it. It's nearly out and you'll be able to get it. But I'll give you some quotes that I've said in the past about prayer. Uh, this is by John Mason. Do deep praying before you, you find yourself in a deep hole. Do deep praying before you find yourself in a deep hole. Another one by F.B. Mayer. The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. True prayer, another quote, always receives what it asks for or something better. God's answers are wiser than your answers. Another quote, prayer is our most formidable weapon, the thing which makes all else we do efficient. Absolutely true. It is your most formidable weapon. I am even convinced, even though the word of God is the most important influence in our lives, I believe that a life that is not Giving to prayer will not find the word of God useful. Will find the word of God a burden. But when you are giving to prayer, over a period of time, you will find the power that is in the word of God. Uh, one other um, quote is, it is impossible to be prayerful and pessimistic at the same time. If you give yourself to the kind of praying and personal consecration I'm talking about, you will find that you will grow in confidence as you learn to examine yourself before the Lord. And again, let me go over some of the things that I've said in the past about prayer. What happens when we do not pray? I'm not really going to go into too much teaching on prayer, but I just want to emphasize this point about you as a child of God giving yourself to daily prayer. Say daily prayer. If you want to fulfill God's agenda for your life this year, and, you know, two months is nearly over. Isn't it going fast? Two months is nearly over. If you want to align yourself 
in such a way that you are on the path that the Lord has for you, beloved, you have to prioritize prayer. What happens when we don't pray? We become spiritually weak. We become spiritually weak. We become easily tired, easily distracted. We become fatigued. We become vulnerable to ordinary temptations that the enemy brings our way. What happens when we don't pray? God's work suffers. First of all, we become ineffective for God's work. And secondly, the thing that is entrusted to us will begin to suffer because of our lack of prayer. What happens when we're not praying? Our family suffers. Our family becomes vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. What happens when you're not praying? The enemy is given greater liberty over your life. What happens when you're not praying? You will discover that you lose that dynamic connection with the Holy Spirit. No matter how much you hear from God, if you are not spending quality time with him, that connection will go. And this is why you, listen, let me tell you something. There is no mystery when you feel like backsliding. How many of you at times you feel like backsliding? Hey, look at you. I want to ask that question again in this holy convocation. How many of you at times feel like backsliding? Listen, we all, the one that didn't raise their hand, they're lying. We all at times feel like backsliding. It's like, come on. How many of you at times you really have felt after today's service, not literally today, I mean, some other day called today. I'm not coming back to church. I'm not doing it. Has, has that ever happened to you? Hey, you people. Either I'm a really good teacher or you are a really good, anyway. <clears throat> the reality is everybody at some point in their faith gets to that place. It's not a mystery to feel like you want to quit. It's not a big mystery at all to want to give up. It is part of the challenge of our faith. And prayer will empower you when you feel powerless. Because it will cause that dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit to continue. And we are in danger of living a legalistic life full of burdens and lack of joy when we are not given to prayer. So I want to encourage you as you pursue your vision in 2017 and beyond that you give yourself to daily prayer before the Lord. Say daily prayer. And you must learn to live your life in prayer before the audience of one alone, and that is God. You cannot have a prayer life that is because of what other people see about you. It's a temptation to have. At times, it's a temptation to be prayerful when people are watching, or you know people are watching. I mean, I, I am, I, I am, you know... I like to tell you about all my vulnerable things so that you don't have any funny ideas about me. But I am one of these people who actually like attention. I don't mind being the center of attention. I mean, that's part of my fallen nature. I've just been honest, right? And so I am one of these who likes to show off in prayer, naturally speaking. I am, you know, if, if we were, look, look at you looking at me. But if, if we were all praying... My natural propensity would be to give the best prayer. 
You know, you hear Steve when he just prays, it's just, you can just feel, <clears throat> and then you hear the other one, they pray and it's so honest. And I'm, and I'm also timing my prayer because when it's my turn, I've got to release it. But I also know that that kind of praying does not impress God. The angels are fed up with it. And, uh, you know, it's just the devil is happy when I pray like that. So, you know, I have to deal with these struggles, you holy people. So, you have to learn, when it comes to your prayer life, to live before the audience of God alone. Our Lord said in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And also, you need to set aside time. Listen. I can't overemphasize this enough. You need to set aside time every day. Say every day. Listen, it's not easy to do daily prayer. How many of you know this? Sometimes you set aside time and you're praying every day and then you may say today you pray for, let's say, an hour, two hours. So you feel like you can carry it forward, you know. My, my prayer time is normally 20 minutes a day and I've prayed three hours today. So that should last up until Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, it doesn't work like that. I wish it did, because, man, because sometimes I really just don't want to pray. I don't even want to feel like praying. How many of you, <laughs> listen, I want to be honest with you about these things. Because at times, people think that people who pray, they pray because they just always want to pray. Do you always want to pray, man of God? At times, just to even put... Just to even put 20 minutes in prayer. It's like you need a whole day just to get your head around it. Huh. So it, don't, 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 when I say things like you need to set aside time to pray every day, I don't want you to think like it's because that's for me. It's very easy. Every day, every day, I set aside time every day. Listen, it is not. But I have learned that when I don't, I suffer. It's not a mystery. It's not because you are some bad, sinful Christian. That's why you get tempted a certain way. But if you don't pray, you will yield to temptation. So the temptations that you keep yielding to, you know, at times there are temptations that we keep yielding to on certain days. So on certain days we know certain programs will come on and certain temptations will kick in. Look at you. It's, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't even understand the statement. Yeah, right. So, so on those times, you, sometimes you have to just put in place something that forces you to pray. Sometimes I'll say to somebody, go and pray. And they'll be like, I don't want to. Sometimes I'll, I'll say to somebody, they'll be saying to me, I've got this challenge. I'll say, well, you need to pray. And they'll say, look, I, I need help with this challenge. And I say, so go and pray. Say, forget that statement. I want you to help me. <laughs> Your prayer time, listen, when you set it aside, is never wasted. And even when you have sought to pray and you seem like you never went broke through, the fact that you set aside time for God, he puts a premium on it. The effort that you made to pray it puts a premium on it. So, for instance, I would encourage you to have set times where every day you pray. Now, for me, 
if I go to bed at 1, 2 o'clock, to get up and pray at 5, 6 o'clock is impossible. Even if I get up, the last thing I'll be thinking of is prayer. It will be sleeping. So if I want to get up at 5 a.m. to pray, my body says I need to make sure I'm in bed about 9.30, 10. Otherwise, there is no way. If I go to bed at 12, and I'm, I'm normally one of these who goes to bed at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Everybody's asleep and I like to walk in the house, just walking about, watching telly, maybe praying, maybe, maybe praying, maybe doing something else, or just enjoying playing a game on my, my, my iPad, just having a happy time in the universe. Nobody, there are no children, there's no beloved wife, there's nobody interfering. <laughs> 1 a.m., just enjoy life. <laughs> but, then when it comes to 6 a.m., time to pray. So, so, so I set aside time to pray when at certain times, when I know I'm going to stay up late. I'm not even going to attempt to get up at 6 a.m. I'm not going to. It's nonsense. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Maybe. Or in the afternoon. Because I, can't, I won't be able to do it. So what I'm trying to say is that you must set aside time to pray that suits your agenda. That suits your lifestyle. That you know you can pray. Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. You should underline that. As was his custom since early days. Daniel was a politician of great influence and stature in the land, a senior man probably would be the equivalent of the prime minister of our day. Very senior man. And he prayed three times a day as he was used to doing from since he was a young man. I want to encourage you to develop a habit that will see you from your times of um, not being known to when you become powerful and famous. I see some of you becoming powerful and famous for the glory of God. But let me tell you, the habits that take you there will maintain you there. And you must have that kind of prayer life. You need also, as part of your prayer time, if you want to fulfill God's vision for you, apart from setting aside time, you need to also take time out and get away to spend quality time in prayer during seasons of crisis. S during seasons when you're facing things that overwhelm you. Even our Lord Jesus did this. There were times when he's facing a major crisis and he would take the whole night. He wasn't playing computer games. He took the whole night and he would pray before he chose the twelve. When he was about to go to the cross, he spent at least three hours in constant agonizing prayer. Now, why I'm saying this is this. You need to know that there are certain things that will come your way 
that unless you take time out and spend quality time with God in prayer, the thing will overwhelm you. Your time that you normally set aside will not do. It won't do it. It won't work for you. You have to take quality time out. Sometimes a few days. You know, I see in, in CLF there is this culture of holidays. We really like going on holiday in this church. Young people really, and I'm not against going on holiday. But I hear I'm going to Dubai. I, I'm, going, I'm going to uh, Mauritania. No, they don't go to Mauritania at all. It's Mauritius. Not Mauritania. Who knows where Mauritania is? Yeah, nobody would want to go in this church. We want to go holiday on there. Maybe missions, missions. I'm going on. Where do you guys go on holiday anyway? Brazil, Morocco, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. Well, the point is, you have to set aside time. Look at our Lord in Luke chapter 6, 12 and 13. Now, it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Now, I want you to see that the Lord could only choose the 12 after he had spent all night in prayer. And what I want to say to you is, for some of us, the set times you have to pray is not going to do it. You have to take time out. And this has been a practice I have learned to do whenever I am facing serious crises. And that is what has helped me to deal with things that seem to want to overwhelm me. I want to encourage you to do this. And at times when you set aside time like this, I have to be honest with you, the first day is extremely boring. Let's say if you set aside three days to pray. How many of you have set aside three days before to go and pray and see God? And maybe you've added, not see God, see God. And then maybe you've added, you've added fasting to it. How many of you have done that? And then you regretted adding fasting to it <laughs> after the first day. It's like, what on earth? But then by the time you come into the end, you think, oh, I need more time. Has that ever happened to any of you? Well, it's happened, I'm sure. Yeah, it happens. It actually happens. You'll be surprised. But what I'm trying to say is, is this. You setting aside time is going to be a challenge on you. It's not going to be a smooth time where you enter into the Shekinah presence of God and uh, you say, Father, and then the Lord comes on a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It's not going to be like that. You say, Lord, I'm here. And then often he just bounces off the scene. Lord, I've come to seek you. Why? Because the Lord likes to dwell in darkness, which speaks of mystery. And he wants you to press in. To press in. He wants you to place value on seeking him. Listen, if you want God to bless you, outrageously, you have to be willing to sacrifice for him outrageously. If you want God to manifest his presence to you in a tremendous way, you have to be willing to give yourself to him in a tremendous way. There is no man or woman of God that is used mightily in God in the supernatural, in the supernatural, that does not spend hours in prayer. Otherwise, they'll become 
vulnerable to um, familiar spirits. No, you have to spend hours and days in prayer. There's nobody. Even to stand here and share this small thing. You can't just, right, let me just get some notes together. You have to spend hours in prayer. Quickly. I want to give you some practical steps in the next 15 minutes and then I'll conclude. Some practical steps towards your God-inspired goals through prayer. We've been talking about fulfilling your vision. And I've just tried to encourage you to really spend time with God and commit to holiness um, and to be intentional about it. But now I'm going to give you some practical steps towards your God-inspired goals through prayer. In other words, in your times with God, you will be able to allow him to guide you in how you fulfill your goals. You see, as you commit to fulfilling his vision for your life, there are many things that the Holy Spirit will begin to put on your heart to do. Sometimes you will have to make a decision at a certain day. Other times you have to cancel certain appointments. Other times you have to engage in uh, new initiatives. Now when you have this um, culture where you've got your set times in prayer and you've got your times, your special times where you take time out to pray and you learn to then dialogue with God in prayer, you become very efficient. You become very productive. You'll be able to do far more than your contemporaries because you learn how to receive from him in prayer and how to apply things that he shows you in prayer. I'm telling you, it's a powerful tool. Now, this book here, Discovering Purpose Through Goal Setting, some of the things I'm about to share is here. And I really would like to encourage you, if you haven't got it, to get it and to prayerfully go through it. If you do so, I tell you, it will change your life. How many of you, you've done this and it's helped you? Can I see anyone? Only one person. Wow, God bless your life. All right, so the first thing is this. You have to identify your goals through prayer. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So when it comes to your goals, you have to learn to talk to God about your goals from a place of trusting him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't rely on your own way of thinking. Your own way of reasoning. So when it comes to your goals, at times people will set goals without talking to God about it. They'll set the goal and then say, now God, I've set this goal. Help me to achieve it. Beloved, there's a better way. Lord, I would like to do this thing here. I feel I like to give my life to this area here. What do you have to say? Speak to my heart. Show me what I need to do. And I tell you, when you learn to do something like that, when you learn to do this as a practice, at first it may seem difficult, but over time you see your heart will begin to change. Proverbs 21, 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he desires. When you are spending time with God about your goal, and you are praying to him consistently on a daily basis about your goals, something begins to happen to you. Your heart begins to change concerning that goal because you are his royal priest 
your heart begins to change. Just like the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, your heart will change. Sometimes you thought you should do this thing. But as you've been praying about it, you start to feel like, I'm not interested in this thing anymore. Or you thought you should do this thing. And as you pray about it, you get, it gets even stronger. Or you thought you should do this thing. And as you pray about it, you start f- facing opposition coming your way. And initially you say, I bind you, devil. I rebuke you. But it's not the devil. It's your prayers. It's you. So you must learn to spend time with the Lord in prayer in order to discover his heart for you. Now, often what you have to do is that you put your goals down and then you start talking to him about those goals. Now, some goals that we set, we don't want God to change our minds. How many of you know that? Some, some of the goals we set, we set them and in our heart, we do not want God to change our mind. We want God to affirm the goal. So we'll pray something like this. Lord, I want to do this thing. If it's your will, hopefully not. Then show me. But hopefully it's not your will. I don't really think it's your will. But if it is, then show me. But Lord, I really want this thing. Amen. Thank you for it. I receive it in Jesus' name. But if you learn to engage him in prayer with your goals, you'll find he'll begin to change your heart. Secondly, Differentiate goals from wishes. Goals are deliberately formulated objectives formed through prayer. It's formed through prayer, it's formed through meditation and also wise counsel. But our wishes, I define them as fanciful desires that spring up one day and disappear the next. At times, we have great ideas about ourselves and how great we are and how much the world needs us. But then there is what we think and there is what God says. Ecclesiastes 3, 10 to 11 says this. New New Living Translation, he says this. I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful in his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God places on everyone a burden, something. But he also has a time to it. And in its time, it fits perfectly in the purposes of God. So when we learn to differentiate or discover the burden of God, that becomes the goal that governs our life. This is why knowing the word of God is so important. Because there are certain things, as you learn about God and his word, you know it cannot be his will for your life. But again, I have, I have, I've seen this. When we want something, we will try and massage the scriptures to suit what we want. And this is why the first step is important. Lord, help me. Help me. So that my heart can change. How many of you have ever been in love with somebody before? Hey, you're married and you're sitting saying, hey. <laughs> Have you ever been in love with somebody and that person is not in love with you? How many of that's ever happened to you before? Oh, you ain't gonna, hey, you are so full of confidence. You don't ever fall in. Okay, let me just, let me just put it another way. How many of you like somebody really 
because we don't want to say in love because it wasn't love. So how many of you, how many of you, you've liked somebody, you've really liked them, you really liked them, but they didn't even know, they didn't even think about you. I mean, let, let, can I see? Hey, some of you, your hand is still down. Now, let's, let, me, let, me say, let, me, let me put it like this to you. You see, when, you, when, when that is there like that, you will read into any action. So, let's say you like the person, and the person doesn't even know you're around. As they walk you and say, hello, say, aha, uh-huh. yeah, you see, there's a connection. There's a connection. And then, let's say, let's say you, are, you, you know, because you really like them, they're constantly on your mind. Has that ever happened to anybody? You're not in love, you just really like them, yeah. And then you say something like this. Because you're always on your mind, you say, so if I happen to see this person, I'm going to church on Sunday. If I happen to see them in church, sitting near me, three rows down, two rows up, then I know God's Holy Spirit has connected us. And lo and behold, they also come, and they come and sit right next to you. Hello, sister, or hello, brother. Hey. And um, you say, I now know God has connected us. So then you take the next step and you say something like, You know, God has shown me <laughs> that you are the one for me. Now, if they are wise and they don't want to hurt your feelings, they will answer something like this Oh, thank God for his revelation. As soon as he shows it to me, also, we will get married. That's the end of it. Give me, give, me, give me three months, one week, five years. If he chose me, then it will happen. If he doesn't, and I happen to marry somebody else, then you know <laughs> it's not wasn't God. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> write down your goals that God gives you. I have learned when I'm in prayer and the Holy Spirit is ministering something to me, I have learned that when I then write it down and then begin to dialogue to him, I get an unfolding of revelation about the thing. This is often how many of the books that I have written come about. I'll be in prayer, talking to him about something unrelated And then he will speak into my spirit about something. And then I will write it down. And as I begin to write it down, other things will flow. In Habakkuk 2.2, he says this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. God himself tells us to write down what he reveals to us. This is why many times people tend to miss out on the thing God has for them because they didn't write it down. And even though God may have told them, they actually forgot. They forgot. How many of you have had a dream? The dream has been really clear and you said, ask for this dream, I will remember it. So I don't need to write it down because you're feeling lazy. But instead of saying, I'm feeling lazy, I don't want to write it down, you say, ask for this dream, I will remember it. So I don't need to write it down. So you, you rehearsed it. By the afternoon, 
bits of the dream. Within three days, you can't even remember. I had the dream. I had the dream about, about you. Was it you? Was it your mom? I'm not sure. I had the dream was from God. Well, it's gone. But if you write it down, as soon as you, you get it, you write it, and then you go back to it, the dream will come back. That's why he tells Habakkuk in the Old Testament, when there's no iPad, write the vision upon tablets. See? It's a prophecy, prophesying of um, the day of new technology. <laughs> Quickly, we have to finish. You add into all my time, you know. <laughs> Number four, and I'm nearly done. I'm not going to go in two minutes and I'm done. Outline specific steps needed to achieve your goals in prayer. Listen to me. This, again, is very important. There are things that God will give to you. But if you do not then consult him prayerfully about each step, you're going to miss it. And I have made this mistake many times. And uh, so God gives you something. But then you assume you know the steps. No. You need, he says, in all your ways acknowledge him. So you need to ask him, okay, I finished this course. The plan was to go and do this, but now I don't feel like doing it anymore. What do you want me to do? How do I respond to that? I, I'm, I'm in this relationship. It's going really well. The next step is this. But how do you want us to go about it? So like couples decide to get married. They don't even consult the Lord about their budget. They consult their friends. What do you think we should have? Horse and, horse and chariot. Get horse and chariot. Your friend, uh, yeah, and you need, you need, uh, if he really loves you, he's going he's gonna to pay all the money. That person either is not married or wants to destroy your marriage. No. Set, listen, we're not pagans. So there are certain things you have to consult him. Lord, pray for me. How much should we spend? The answer will probably be, how much do you have? I remember many years ago, in our time, when we were getting married, a few years back, 20-something years ago, I asked him, how much should we spend? And the answer came by revelation. Spend according to your budget. What a word. So I told her, my wife, we will spend according to our budget. And this is the budget. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, you're glad you didn't marry me. Amen. Let's move quickly. Five, identify any obstacles to achieving your goals. There will be obstacles. Every goal God gives you has obstacles. When you identify them, you can pray and allow him to empower you to overcome them. But there will be obstacles. Every goal God gives you has obstacles. Even the ones that we all know is the will of God, like marriage and things like that. There will be obstacles before, during, and after. Psalm 18, 29, for by you I can run against a troop, by my God I can leap over a wall. When you partner with God, whatever the obstacle, you can overcome. Six, there is a time frame. Understand the timings to your goals. The goals that God gives you, there are timings to it. 
if you don't understand the time, for instance, I, I'm treating marriage now. This is marriage counseling. For those of you who are not coming to my seminar, this is for you. When you get married, the first three years is difficult. If you know what I'm talking about and you're married, can you wave? Aha. Uh -huh. Now, no matter how in love they are, the first three years, adjustment. The next 10 years is learning. Learning. First you adjust, then you learn how to remain in adjustment. <laughs> now, if you don't involve God in this, you will end the thing. I've had enough. I've had enough. Have you ever, have, have you ever felt like, uh, I wish Aisha was here. She could tell you she has felt like she's had enough. I, I know you find it hard to believe. How can she have enough of this? <laughs> I, know, I know you find that hard to believe. But uh, she's had enough. Enough. <laughs> there are time frames. Any goal God gives you, there are time frames. Look at verse 3, Habakkuk 2. For the vision is for, yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. So any vision God gives you, allow the timings. When you're going through those difficult times, talk to him. I see many of you, you know, of late, the Holy Spirit is laid on my heart to begin to pray for people in our church specifically who have a heart for this church and for the vision. Now, I pray for everybody, whether you have a heart or not, we pray for you, we ask God to bless you. But he's laid on my heart. I, to pray for them that he will bless them abundantly financially because they have a heart for this work. Because they, he, he's showing me, they will literally sponsor so, so many things. So we've begun to do that. To be intentional. Some of them that I know, some of them that I don't know, to be intentional. And you'll see the results. Because there is a time frame to what God has called you to. And sometimes it must be, there must be a lot of prayer behind it. And finally, action. Anything God gives you, you have to act on it. If you don't act on it, you're not going to see his, his results. James chapter 2 verse 18. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Your works must be works of faith. Works because you have heard God speak to you. And the goals that you have set, that you are acting on, is because God has spoken to you. And that are actions of faith. So the goal itself becomes like a rhema that you are acting on because God said it. And when you are doing that, there is no power on this planet that can stop what God has empowered you to do. The Lord bless you. Amen. We're going to pray, and then we're going to receive our offering because of time. I want to pray over you quickly. Those of you with um, clear goals for this year, whatever they are, clear goals that you are pursuing, I want you to stand right now, lift your hands. I want to pray for grace.